0: The JT the Brick show is live from Radio Row in Arizona. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. It's time for JT the Brick, live at Super Bowl 57. Touchdown! City, Travis Kelsey
1: from Patrick Mahomes. Two teams that I don't like, one that I grew up hating in Philadelphia, and the arch nemesis of the Raider Nation are playing each other in the Super Bowl. So I did not win the lottery on that. No one picked us to win. But I'm pretty pissed off. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. I believe that Kansas City won the game with the help of the officials.
0: Sound off with JT The Brick
1: we got to do some Super Bowl talk here. The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship. This is the worst case scenario. If you were told me in my life, who are the two teams I don't want to see in the Super Bowl, it would be Philadelphia, the team of my youth that I hated, and it would be Kansas City. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. Philadelphia, I need them to beat Kansas City. Raider Nation all day. I
2: can't ever go for the Queen.
3: ever, ever, ever. So I'm a Philly fan from this point until the Super Bowl.
1: But I know the job isn't done. Let's do our job on the radio to root against Kansas City. The Super Bowl is set, and I got a lot to get to.
0: And now, live from Radio Row, here's JT the Brick.
1: Welcome back, everybody. JT in Phoenix, downtown at the convention center. It's day number two for us from Radio Row as we are on site for Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and the Eagles. A lot of great guests. A very busy and chaotic day for me here. Everyone at Raiders.com is adding so much content over at Raiders.com and our team here on Raider Nation Radio, led by Q Myers, who put this all together. Bravo for everyone who is here. We've got a great crowd of people working here, proud to work on Raider Nation Radio and proud of our proud partners, including Modelo. You know, I have a bucket of Modelo. As I said yesterday, we filled the fridge thanks to Modelo that set us up out here. And we put a dent into the Modellos, but we're saving most of them for tonight or Friday night. So thanks to Modelo, proud partners of our show, the fighting spirit of Modelo. And even at the Super Bowl, more and more places I go, everyone indoors, outdoors, at the bar, they're drinking Modellos, the fighting spirit, proud partners of our show bill romanowski is going to join us here in a few minutes also warren moon coming up uh, we were waiting on joe montana we might get him later in the show or we'll probably get him tomorrow so uh, joe and his handlers gave me a big wink so we should be able to get him and we're just talking sports and we're talking about Derek carr and aaron Rodgers and what the raiders need to uh, need to do to improve with this big moment coming up here we had ian Rapoport live in the first hour and Vinny bonsignor talking about the scenario and what could happen with Carr. So I'm hoping that Derek Carr gets traded to New Orleans. If he doesn't get traded, he can go there as a free agent. The Raiders don't get anything in return. But the Raiders aren't on the hook anymore for Derek Carr's money, and they could use that money to improve the team. Everyone in the Raiders know, and it's not a guarantee, you can improve the team by getting another quarterback. A lot of Raider fans I'm talking to want to find a way to get help on defense, and defense is the key right now. So that's when we need to hear from you as we're here and the hot button is the Raider quarterback position. The quarterback leaving, who is Derek Carr, and the quarterback that could be coming in, who I hope is Aaron Rodgers, and if it's not, it's not going to break my heart. It's not going to break my heart. I'm not going to be sad like I didn't get Taylor Swift tickets, like I'm a Swifty. We'll move on to another quarterback. But if you're in my situation sitting here with a headphone on, headset on, trying to get a quarterback, you better believe it should be Aaron Rodgers who's going into this darkness world that he's going into over the next couple of days to try to think about what's going to happen and what's going to think about what's going to happen going forward. Uh, Ian Rappaport joined us earlier in the show. We got a new audience at the top of the hour. Just want to play a little bit and reset at the top of the hour what Rappaport said about Carr.
4: Stop number one is the New Orleans Saints, a significant development in the Derek Carr sweepstakes. Sources tell me that the Las Vegas Raiders have given Carr permission to visit the New Orleans Saints. That is going to take place tomorrow. The Saints and old friend Dennis Allen invited Carr to visit, and that is expected to happen. It is considered to be due diligence. No trade as of right now is imminent, but of course, we've known that Derek Carr does have permission to speak with teams provided they're willing to give the compensation that the Raiders would likely take in the event of the trade. So what does this all mean? No trade is done, but the Saints are considered to be serious suitors. And, of course, Dennis Allen has known Derek Carr forever. Remember, when uh, Dennis Allen was a third-year coach, he started a then-rookie quarterback. That same quarterback is now visiting New Orleans tomorrow.
1: So I like. Thing he had to say this. So the compensation, what it would be? We don't care what Derek gets paid going forward. I never get involved in Derek Carr's money. If he makes forty million a year, he's not a fifty million dollar a year quarterback. But that's when the market's going. Uh, Deshaun Watson got two hundred and forty million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers is making between fifty and sixty million dollars. So I think that Derek Carr could make forty million. Sure, I do. He's, he's in his ninth year, going into his tenth year. He's going to play another ten years. I think that Derek Carr is worth anywhere from. $35 million a year to $45 million a year, whatever a team thinks. And there should be a bidding war on him. Now, you might say, well, JT, why would you bid on Derek Carr and he's never won a playoff game? Because he throws a great ball, he's a leader, he doesn't get in trouble, he's not on the police blotter, and he does the things you're supposed to do as a franchise quarterback. But Raider fans gave Derek Carr nine years through several head coaches and a move from Oakland to Vegas, and a lot of Raider fans wanted to move on. And there are other fans who don't want to move on. They want Derek Carr to be the quarterback. Bill Romanowski joins us one of the greatest linebackers and defenders of all time. He won four Super Bowls as we're live from Radio Row. Romo, great to talk to you. How are you, my friend? JT, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Romo. I talked to your wife. I know what's going on. We'll catch you at the next radio row because you're going to have a house or you're going to be in a hotel or you're going to be in a suite in Vegas. Next radio rows in Vegas, Romo. What do you think of that? Oh, God, I cannot wait, JT. That's a big deal. Hey, Romo, are we crazy to be talking about Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback for the Raiders? or, Or do you think the Raiders, after six wins, should break in a rookie quarterback? What does your gut feeling tell you?
2: You know what? I like the idea of going out and getting a proven winner, someone that you can win a Super Bowl with, someone that can really guide and teach a young quarterback what it's like and, uh, and what it takes to win a world championship. I love the idea of an Aaron Rodgers. So with that being said, I'm all for it. I really am. And I think it's exactly what needs to be done. And you know, so if I was talking to Josh McDaniels, I think he's I think he's doing the right thing. I'll put it that way.
1: Bill Romanowski is our guest. So Bill, you changed and went to other teams and won Super Bowls. What do you think about Derek Carr? He didn't win a playoff game. He got the Raiders to two. You've met Derek over the years. You've seen him at games, and you were an analyst when Derek Carr came into the league. Kind of disappointing that he didn't win a playoff game, but I thought he was a model citizen like you, once a Raider, always a Raider. And I I tell every Raider fan to wish him well like other teams wish you well when you moved on to other teams. How do you see it? Absolutely. JT, I
2: could not agree with you more. Great guy, great person, you know. Played a lot of great football games, you know, with the Raiders, and fought hard. And I will just say this: um, he wasn't. He he's not. He's not going to get us to a Super Bowl. That is my opinion. But I love him as a guy, and I think he's a great person, and. He's someone that I've talked to quite a bit over the years mm-hmm. and I think the world of him. And I want no, and I I hope he leaves and he goes and takes a team to the playoffs and maybe even goes further than that. And I'd be happy if that happens to him because he's that great of a guy.
1: Nicely said. Four-time Super Bowl champion, former Raider Bill Romanowski. Romo, how often have we talked about this Raider defense? Gus Bradley's the defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr. Now it's Patrick Graham. I don't know if the defense can make any plays unless they get linebackers like you. You either got to be able to cover a tight end or knock a tight end's helmet off. And I don't see it on this roster other than Denzel Perryman. And you and I talk about it every year. They're still looking for a linebacker like you in your prime or you at the end of your career where you had a lot of tread left on the tire. Why is it so difficult for the Raiders to nail it at the linebacker position? You know, I think
2: it's where you have to realize to get that kind of guy, you're going to have to go out and pay for him. Mm -hmm. or you're going to have to draft them high. And I think they've had glaring needs at other positions, and I think they just didn't see the value there. But if you're going to compete against the Chiefs, and you got to play against Travis Kelsey, you know, two games a year, and you think you're going to beat the Chiefs if you don't cover him, and have someone, some kind of a dominant player like, you know, a linebacker to do that, good luck, because you're not going to beat the Chiefs if you don't get that done.
1: Bill Romanowski, kind enough to join us live from Radio Row. Romo, a friend, a dear friend with his wife, and a great contributor to every platform he's on. So, Romo, Kelsey... I would love to see you come back in the hot tub time machine and play Kelsey in a Super Bowl because I know what you'd be saying to him in warm-ups. I know what you'd be saying on the radio leading up to it. Would you have to intimidate him coming into the game if you were Bill Romanowski in the prime, or would you let him know on the first hit of the game that he was not going to run around like a deer in the forest and do whatever the hell he wants like he's been doing against this organization for almost 10 years?
2: Here's what I would do to him on the very first play, and it's what I did to Tony Gonzalez when I played (laughs) against him. I'd grab him by the throat, JT, and I would squeeze as hard as I possibly could, and literally, and from there, it would go to blows, And, and it would get broken up, but he would know, that he's in for a sixty minute fight. And and it's gonna be a battle. And you're not you're not gonna catch one ball against me. I'm gonna say stuff to him like if you catch a ball on me today, I'll retire. <laughs> and I'll say and then then after that I'd say, I'm gonna rip your heart out and feed it to my mutt, you hear me? And I would just be in it. I would pepper him all friggin' game long. And, you know, that's the stuff I used to do to Gonzalez. And trust me, Tony Gonzalez did not catch a lot of passes
1: against me. Romo, so you're saying it works. What I love about this, you are proven. You have four Super Bowl rings. You went against the greatest tight ends of your era. You threatened him. You grabbed him by the throat. You did it for your teammates, your owner, your coaches, because you didn't want to embarrass yourself and wanted to win the game at all costs. I think that's what has to happen to Kelsey. Someone in this organization has got to step up and be just as big of a bully as Travis Kelsey is to being a gifted player who's going into the Hall of Fame because he scores so many touchdowns against the Silver and Black. It's got to be stopped, and you just laid down the formula. That is the
2: formula. And you gotta realize that he is that good. He is that special and it's gonna take, you know, it's gonna take a first or second rounder that's gonna come in or it's gonna be a high powered free agent that's gonna, it's gonna Mm. take that kind of mentality to stop that guy. Hey, I could care less what he does against other teams. But I care what he does against the silver and black. And we need a badass mother upper that's going to stop it.
1: Bill Romanowski. Bill, finally, last one. You know how Radio Row works. All these legends, former players like yourself, they're either selling something, promoting something. And I love it because that's part of their business and their legacy. But you're still in tremendous shape because of Nutrition 53. And I'm noticing a lot of your contemporaries are talking about knee replacements, shoulder replacements. They're trying to keep their brains healthy. You've had this a long time ago with Nutrition 53. It keeps you healthy, it keeps you sharp, and it gets you up every morning with a purpose. Tell us about it. You know what, JT? It's it's three things.
2: It's staying lean, it's sleeping great, and it's having a great brain. And... The, the the brand is Lean One. We got Lean One Fat Burning Meal Replacement, Lean One Sleep, and Lean One Brain Performance Drink. And that's what Nutrition 53 is all about. That's what I'm about. And because of you, JT, leanone.com is offering 25% off to all Raider fans.
1: Lean and One.
2: It's today only. All Raider fans, it's Lean One Fat-Burning Meal Replacement, Lean One Sleep, and Lean One Neuro Brain Performance Drink.
1: So, Romo, that's Nutrition53.com to go for the discount for the Raider fans. Nutrition53.com, correct? That is it. Take care of your lovely wife. Our wives have the same names, and they really love each other. Let's get together for a dinner, and we'll see you out in Vegas really soon. I hope she's okay. Awesome, JT. Take care. Bill Romanowski, as I call him, Romo Cop. What he said, and it's very entertaining about what he did to Tony Gonzalez, he threatened him, he grabbed him by the neck, he threw him to the ground for his teammates. Yeah, Romo was off. He was definitely a bit off. But he won four Super Bowls, and his role on the team was different than the role of a Greg Beaker-type player. Or another type of linebacker, a good friend of mine, Kirk Morrison, who was a very good player and others. What he did was intimidated. What he did along the way was threaten people because he did it for his team to win games. Now everybody forgets about that, and they say, all right, Romo was a great player. Well, how did he get four Super Bowl rings? He got four Super Bowl rings because he played his ass off, and he came to the Raiders and almost won his fifth Super Bowl ring. Remember, everybody, he was close he played for the raiders in the super bowl. If he won that one, he'd be with Charles Haley with five super bowls. He's one of the greats of all time, accomplished because every team that he went to won because he was a brilliant intimidator and a really good linebacker. I think a borderline hall of famer. Really because of the big games he played in with the four super bowl titles he won. That means he won four championship games along the way and went to the playoffs countless times and won games. The guy's legitimate. Thanks to Bill Romanowski as we continue live from Radio Row. Warren Moon's going to join us, so stick around for that. Warren's really proud. I worked for him last week, and we did that event at Resorts World, and several of you fans who listened to this show were able to come because you won tickets. And Warren really appreciates that. So we'll talk to Warren coming up on the other side. Also, James Lofton supposed to join us. And hopefully we can take some of your phone calls. The one part about you know, taking the show on the road is you don't take as many calls. So when they're up there, I take them. And Bobby gets in my ear. And we try to get you up quickly because we want you to be patient, but we want to get you on here. 702-365-9200 from Super Bowl 57. We thank all of our proud partners who join us. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. I want Charles Woodson to hear this. His whiskey brand, along with his wine, I'm very passionate about. It's in my house. I drink his wine. I love his bourbon whiskey. And I love the fact that he was one of our first partners on Raider Nation Radio. Charles Woodson and his legendary brand, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, one of the many reasons why we're in Phoenix for the Super Bowl.
0: Back to JT The Brick, live from Radio Rowan, Arizona. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. You know what? There's just a re- reignited flame in my heart um, to, to compete and to win. You know, since this last month, it's given me some time with my family. It's given me a, a, another perspective on, you know, just how, how quick this thing can go. And so for me, I haven't stopped working. I've been grinding. My buddy's been at my house at 530 with me. You know, and we're grinding and just trying to get ready for what's next. You know, like I said, and I mean it. I'm going to give my next city my best, and so I took a look. What can I do right now to be at my best for them, whoever they, whoever they are? Um, and so I've been I've been throwing, I've been running, I've been been working out. I've been I'm getting ready for the season. I'm not necessarily getting ready for this, but it'll be fun to compete in this.
1: That's Derek Carr as we're waiting on Derek Carr news as we continue live from Radio Row. We want to thank all of our proud partners that help us along the way, including Alex DeCastiverde, DeCastiverde Law Group, my personal injury attorney. If you get into an accident in Vegas, as you know, more and more cars, more and more cones, more and more traffic, and there's so many accidents. I'm seeing them more and more. Call our friend, Alex DeCastaverde, proud partner of our show. He's a Raider fan. He wants to help out the Raider Nation, our Latino fans who are listening, and one of the main reasons I'm at the Super Bowl. I trust Alec DeCastaverde, his brother Orlando. Give him a call, 702-222-9999. If you get into an accident, Alex DeCastavirde will help you. He'll treat you like family. 702-222-9999. On Radio Row, caught up with the great Warren Moon, who I was with and working for last Friday night at Resorts World in Vegas. Warren Moon. Kind enough to join us, the Hall of Famer here. But first, I want Warren to hear this as Jalen Hurts talks about this milestone going up against Patrick Mahomes.
5: It's a very historic moment. It's, it's, it's historic.
1: And for everyone that has laid the foundation before me, it's transcendent. And Warren Moon definitely laid the foundation for Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. I had the pleasure of emceeing Warren Moon's pro uh, pro party, which was unbelievable. His pro Bowl party, which was in Vegas last weekend, and he joins us live from Radio Row. Warren, thanks for doing this again. It's always a great tradition. How are you, my friend?
3: Uh, I'm doing great, JT, and uh, thanks for uh, for your participation in the event the other night. You uh, added a special part to it, and it, it turned out to be a great success. And the after party was even better.
1: <laughs> the after party, the after party was really good with. Ray Lewis and Fred Warner and Joe Burrow and all of the Hall of Famers who were there. And again, you've been keeping that party going from the Pro Bowl all the way in Hawaii, and it was nice to have it in the backyard of Vegas. I thought that was a good fit, and the Super Bowl will be in Vegas next year. It'll make it that much bigger.
3: It really will. And, um, you know, Vegas is such a, a giving community. And, you know, I've, I did bowling events there for about 16 years and. Always had a lot of success, and then I did the Pro Bowl event last year and came back again and did it this year, and it's even better than it was last year. So I really thank the uh, the Las Vegas community for coming out and supporting and, and all the athletes who came out and supported as well.
1: All right, Warren, I want to spend the few minutes we have with you on both quarterbacks. Tell me what you see the eyeball test. I'll start with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen more of him. Than Jalen Hurts, uh, getting to know him, seeing the style of play, also knowing he has a little bit of a high ankle sprain. What do you expect to see from him in the Super Bowl? Yeah,
3: that's going to be the uh, the ten million dollar question because I'm sure that's what has Vegas wondering as far as this uh, the spread is concerned. Uh, you know how healthy is he? But but of course both quarterbacks are a little bit banged up. Jalen Hurts has a bad shoulder and he hasn't thrown the ball very well his last couple of playoff games either so both of these guys come into the game you know with not 100 percent and we don't know how how these two weeks has has helped either one of them more than the other you know Patrick needs that uh, that ankle to be a little bit more uh, manageable than it was in that first game against Cincinnati because of the pass rush that that Philadelphia has he's going to have to use his feet some because those guys can't keep uh, that pass rush out all game long, especially if they can't run the football. So I think running the football, throwing a lot of quick passes, are going to be very important for uh, Kansas City to spread the ball around to a lot of different people. But they have to be able to run the ball effectively as well. And, and uh, because you can't expect T- Patrick to sit back in that pocket too long or it'll collapse on him. And you don't expect him to have the same mobility he's always had uh, because of the ankle.
1: Warren Moon is our guest. As we go to Jalen. Warren, do you recall, I'm sure you remember it, but looking back when he got benched for Tua by Alabama's head coach, Nick Saban, how brilliantly he handled it, staying next to his head coach right on the sideline and encouraging Tua as Alabama came back and won that game. I thought that was great character from that young man. Then he transfers to Oklahoma and almost wins the Heisman Trophy.
3: Yeah, he just has tremendous uh, maturity for for a a guy his age, and especially back in college when – when he had to handle that situation. I think a lot of that is attributed to his parents. You know, his dad's a football coach. He's the one that coached him most of his life. Uh, He has a great uh, family foundation, and I think that had a lot to do with how he was able to handle that adversity. And he just went on from there and and made the most of the next situation, which was going to Oklahoma, like you said, and becoming a better passer and uh, almost won the Heisman Trophy. And since he's been in the league, he continues to keep working on his game. And and he got – a whole lot better from last year to this year by, again, working with Tom House in the off-season, working on becoming a much better passer, a much more patient passer in the pocket, and it showed this year. He was one of the best deep, deep ball throwers in the league, and uh, he's really improved his percentage. I think he's up around 67% uh, completion percentage, which is one of the higher ones in the league. So if the kid continues to keep working the way he does because he has a tremendous work ethic, he's only going to get better because he's only 23 years old.
1: Hall of Famer Warren Moon's our guest. Going back to Green Bay when Andy Reid was on that staff with Mike Holmgren, Steve Mariucci, John Gruden. You remember those years. And then the great success he had with Philadelphia and Donovan McNabb. Now with Eric Bieniemy, with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Warren, when you sit back and watch a Kansas City game as one of the all-time great quarterbacks, what are you looking at when you see the formations, who's in motion, and how Kansas City successfully runs their offense?
3: That's what I look at. I look at um, how creative they are and how they make the defense have to really use their eyes a lot and, and see all this different movement and things. And before you know it, the ball snapped and, and they're they're either running the ball up through a hole or they're throwing a quick pass to the outside or or something like that. So they they put a lot of pressure on the defense just from a um, from a from an eye standpoint is being able to move around and watch all this movement and make sure you you have the right guy, and make sure you have the right gap. Uh, All all those different things, and and it makes it much more difficult for the uh, defense to uh, defend you because of all this movement and all the different motions and formations that they show. And that's what I love about Andy Reid, and that's one of the reasons why I've been asked different times, what coach would you ever want to play for that you haven't? And Andy Reid is my number one choice.
1: Wow. Wow. You've never shared that with me. That's fantastic. Warren Moon is our guest, the Hall of Famer, the five-time Grey Cup champion, the two-time Grey Cup MVP, nine-time Pro Bowler, 13th all-time in career passing yards. So back to Philadelphia with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Wow, that's a real nice flip for them from last year, bringing in A.J. Brown, who demands the double team, can get the 50-50 ball. Warney almost plays like a tight end with his size, but has that breakaway speed. How much fun would you have throwing him?
3: Man, both of those guys, even Devontae Smith, you know, he's only about six foot and about 170 pounds, but he plays a lot bigger than that. And then A.J. Brown is uh, is just a big, strong receiver that uh, really uses his body well to, to shield off defenders and, and get the ball on, on shorter passes and like slants and things like that. And then he can take the ball to the house when he does catch it because he's so big, strong, and fast. And then he'll beat you down the football field with the deep ball. So he, he's he got the whole package And uh, that's all at at, uh, Jalen's disposal. He's got two really good outside receivers, but he also has Goddard on the inside at tight end. He's just got a tremendous amount of talent on that offensive side of the ball to go along with one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the league.
1: All right, that's Warren Moon from earlier today the Hall of Famer. I really appreciate that. And now I get to talk to Miles Killebrew, a local Vegas product. This is going to be great from Henderson. And now he goes on and plays safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers and an unbelievable special teams player. Miles, thanks for joining us. Oh man,
5: thank you for having me.
1: This is a great story, man. So we were just talking my son's played at Gorman and you played in Henderson. What was the high school you I went played at? You went to Foothill. I went to and school, yeah. We were talking about your dad didn't let you lift weights right. in high school, and now you're in the NFL. we got a lot of parents who are listening. Take us through your journey from Pop Warner to when you started playing football sure. on the road to college.
5: I mean, listen, here's the deal. We, uh, my dad, he was very adamant that he did not want me to, uh, to lift weights in high school. It was, a, it was kind of a big deal when I was coming out, um, and it was a gamble he was willing to take, and uh, I believed him. Uh, He was a cyclist, went to the uh, Olympic trials for uh, match sprint Mm. cycling. And uh, so he understood, you know, what it took to compete at a high level. Um, And so, yeah, I didn't lift any weights. And so I didn't have any offers really except for uh, uh, Coach Lamb out of a small school, Southern Utah University, right there in Cedar City, about two hours. Yeah, uh, I know it well. (laughs) Wow. So that's the only school that recruited you. it, man. And Coach Lamb, he – you know, brilliant uh, talent scout. He, he went on to coach at, at BYU. Mm-hmm. and uh, But while he was there, he got me and uh, a couple other guys out of Vegas. LaShawn Sims, he was mm-hmm. down in a small school, uh, Doolittle. Um, and uh, we all went up to SUU and uh, did well. I ended up getting drafted uh, fourth round to the Lions. My, after uh, my senior year there. So what
1: clicked? What clicked in college with weight training and well, working out? Up, what happened?
5: I ended up putting on 60 pounds in college. I mean, it's, it's no it's no secret, you know, if you just wait for your body to stretch. you can, One thing you can't get back is height. Right. And uh, my dad didn't want to overload my joints. He didn't want to, you know, stunt my, stunt my growth there. And so I knew I was going to develop. You know, my dad knew I was going to develop, but it um, just took patience. You know, everybody – Everybody develops at a different pace, man. And so for those kids listening in, you don't have to have it all figured out in 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, dude. It's okay. Just wait. Just be patient, you know what I mean?
1: I've interviewed thousands of athletes I haven't heard it explained that way. That's what you do. Let the kids develop on Let their the own. But a lot of parents who are listening are saying, there's no chance I'm going to get to college unless my kid's a stud right. at 14 or 15. How is he going to start his senior year if he's not in the weight room and he's not a starting safety or cornerback on a big-time high school program?
5: I mean, listen, here's the deal. I went to Foothill High School. Had nothing against Foothill. It's a great school. Yeah. I love it. I have a lot of friends who you know, have went to the school. We weren't exactly a farmhouse for the nfl right we're not producing uh you know talent to go to bama and georgia and ohio state right that's absolutely. not absolutely that's not what we're known for but my dad always told me and something that i try to encourage the next generation is make it count where you're at um just do what you can with what you got where you're at and it's something that's kind of getting lost you know especially with open portals and you know sure. kids can do whatever and get paid for doing whatever and you know, there's a lot of distractions, but, man, you can – What a just, story. They will find you, especially now with technology. I mean, we had, what, like one service that we could, like, maybe put some highlights on, and it was grainy video. They will find you now, right? So just, just do what you got to do. Focus on your grades. Get – just take have it fun. easy. Have and fun. Have a you good don't time. get it back. It's not a business. That's what I'm in telling my grade. sons in college. Enjoy it in
1: college. Miles Killebrew joins us. So you get drafted by Detroit. How do you right. end up with the proud Steelers oh franchise? Arguably one of the top franchises in the history of professional sports.
5: Man. And Coach Tomlin, needs something, huh? Yeah. Uh, five years in Detroit. Played with a few different head coaches. Um, you know, played with the the great Jim Caldwell. Uh, you know, I I went on to to just needed a, a little change you know we needed a change and so we went to Pittsburgh and uh I've, I've gotten to, to play with with coach Tomlin it's been amazing I, I love it what's I, uh, different the culture just a, the history a culture, it's yeah. a culture thing you know Interesting. So for me you know leaving what we we had in Detroit um to Pittsburgh it, it's just uh they're used to they're used to winning and it's mm-hmm. nothing against where I'm you know where I was playing but it is what it is right Sixburg they don't uh, yeah. they expect to win and um that was something that I love. I've always been the underdog, so to be in an organization that expects to win has been has been great.
1: Miles Killabrew joins us. The Raiders, we're on Raiders Radio, and sure. the Raiders lost that game in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I was really tight with Franco Harris, and I met him through a former Raider, Phil Villapiano. So yeah. when Franco passed away that week going into that game, and it's Carr versus Pickett, it's Devontae okay. Adams, you know, the Raiders need that win. That was pretty much the end for the Raiders. If they win that game, They got a pulse. You win that game. You got a pulse to get to 500 and all of us. Take me through that game, how cold it was, and what it must have been like around the organization, the death of Franco Harris and having to go out to play for his family.
5: Dude, Franco Harris, a true Titan. Um, His memory will live on for generations, 100%. And – to be able to be in that stadium leading up to that game, I mean, we're rocking the Franco Harris jerseys that you know they get they gave us, and it was it was just an interesting dynamic. You hit it on the head. It was cold, not only in weather, but just in just in the atmosphere of just. Yeah, he was supposed to be there. This is the guy we're commemorating. You know, all these years later, after that catch, after that immaculate reception, and it's just for him to to pass that week, man. I mean, it was it was. In, in both, in, in the same sentence, it was devastating, but it also was was invigorating to go out there and play and to to play for his honor, to play for his memory. And nicely um, said, Miles
1: was, Killebrew. Yeah. As we wrap it up, sure. What it, I want to talk about the journey from Foothill to the great Pittsburgh Steelers, and right. what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I know you want to be a football player, win championships, play at the highest level, but you're really sharp. You got a tremendous story to tell, and I hope we can continue this relationship and talk for years to come. Especially with your connection to Vegas, what are you dreaming about after football down and the road? I
5: have a heart for the community. Um, that's something that I always have, especially the Las Vegas community. Yeah. I mean, this is where I'm from, um, and it's growing. And um, you know, I'm here actually doing work with athletes in action. Uh, we're doing some stuff with He Gets Us campaign, and really the whole story behind it i know this is a a secular program but you know we are jesus followers and, Mm -hmm. and jesus is alive and well in the nfl and uh i just want to love i want to love my neighbor i want to teach the young generation the next generation that it's okay to love you know it's okay to to put politics to put you know all this stuff aside that down the road might not matter as much as hey listen are we loving our neighbor with every ounce of our being, can we can we do that? Well, and is that something? It's
1: special. You need to talk to our program director when sure. we're done because you got a future in radio, man. I'm dead serious. Dude, this guy's <laughs> well, something. This guy I appreciate is special, I appreciate and he's you. a local product here. Last thing, you know, the I don't want to say former quarterback Derek Carr. He's still on the payroll, sure. Sure. but sure. he's moving on. He is a man of tremendous faith. That's right. And I've interviewed Tim Tebow a few times. He's a man of tremendous faith. I wish more athletes talked about their faith right we should be especially in the times we're living in today when you get a platform and get a microphone or get an opportunity at the end of the game to talk about your faith why wouldn't you right you have the you have the largest audience you can talk to how important is that for you going forward it's
5: very important and it's very important to uh to get a message across that listen i'm not trying to to beat you over the brow i'm not trying to necessarily convert you to what i believe in i just want to show people who Christ is, and use words when necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I want to—I want to my life to reflect um, how Jesus walked. That's what I want. So whatever that looks like, you know, if I can, if I can lift people up, if I can. If I can love them in a way that maybe they didn't know that was it was possible, that's what I want to do. You know, I have two daughters. I want it to be a better world for them. when they're Tell my me about age. them quick. How oh old are goodness. they? Two years old and seven months, and oh. they are they are the joy of my life right now. And I
1: living in the Berg.
5: Oh, living in the Berg,
1: man. Oh, you got to have a place out in Vegas. You in still in, got you still got family I, and friends I, I out in got, Vegas, man, right? I'm gonna
5: need them. I'm gonna need them. Oh, em you're gonna need the them village, right? with, with two young girls.
1: <laughs> hey, I really appreciate this. I'm gonna hey, remember it. We'll stay in touch. Yes, sir. And next time you come into Vegas, we'll have you in studio have you on the radio, grab your lunch, Anytime. and see I'm what there. we're doing behind the scenes. Yes, sir. You got it there. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. There he is, Miles Killebrew. You know, that's why I'm here on Radio Road, to hear stories like this from young men who are going to have an impact on this world and on this community, and I greatly appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Appreciate that. Just nice. You know, I remember I had an interview a couple of years ago with Jameis Winston, and Jameis James Winston came in, and everybody said, oh, Jameis Winston, he stole crab legs. Jameis Winston, he's a bad guy. And then I interviewed him. And I had the same feeling I just had with that young man. Again, look at, look at all the people I've interviewed here with all of us here the last couple of days. This kid probably had the biggest impact on me. They say, hey, you're going to interview Miles Killebruth today from Foothill in Henderson, Nevada. I know Foothill. We start off, we were in the Warren Moon interview. And I was talking about my sons playing at Gorman. And I said, you know, my sons were playing. They were backups. You know, they weren't going to play a lot. My son was a backup offensive lineman on a state championship team. And he goes, well, what's he doing now? I said, no, he's a senior in Oklahoma. He's not playing, but he's having the time of his life. And he said, that's great. He goes, that's what kids should be doing. And then we talked about his career as he started off the interview. He never lifted weights. And the guy's ripped. And he's a hell of a player. And, you know, he's a, he's a player that's trying to find his way still because he's a special teams captain. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, how cool is that? And he's a backup safety, so he doesn't get in a lot, but he starts on special teams. And the Raiders have a bunch of guys like that who play special teams, that's it, and they try to fight to keep a job. And, man, really cool kid. Enjoyed that a lot as we kick it off here. And we got one more day tomorrow. Harry Ruiz will be in for me on Friday because I'm going to enjoy my son. I'm going to be taking him around on Friday. We're going to the Waste Management Golf Tournament tomorrow and Friday. And I need some bonding with my family, my son, who's a sophomore out here at ASU. So I can't wait to see him tonight for the first time. And uh, we're going to go out and watch some golf here over the next couple of days and have a really good time. Hey, I got one more segment. I can play an interview or I can talk to you about Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. So someone surprise me and sound off like you got a pair. 702-365-9200. And make sure Tommy White knows. Tell him, everybody. Tommy loves the show, 872 Laborers. He's our proud partner. And because of Tom Hum and Tommy White, I have the ability to be at the Super Bowl on Radio Row. Super Bowl 57, proud partners, of the local laborers, 872.
0: Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215.
2: Here's Theodore with the rebound at the right point to the middle. Stevenson shot blocked. Stevenson again, drifting, shooting, scoring. Banked it off the fallen goaltender. Referee says it's a good goal. Chris Schlenker right there, pointing toward the net. Chandler
1: Stevenson has put the Knights up four to one. Love when the Golden Knights win. Golden Knights radio on the call. I'm going to the what? The Tampa Bay. Game coming up here in a little bit with my wife. I'm excited for that. Uh, One of my favorite shows is when Roger Goodell speaks, and I didn't see it, I didn't hear it, and that's part of my prep tonight. I'm not on the radio tonight. I'm going to go back and watch Roger Goodell's press conference, and as I take a look at some of the notes, uh, he has the press conference at Radio Row. It's on when we're on. We're taping these interviews. You get a chance to hear. So we are in the middle of a big grind, but the years I've been able to go up there and watch it, it's really important because it's the only time where the – Commissioner of the league gets grilled. Uh, it's the biggest press conference of the year, and there's a bunch. There's been a bunch of high-profile officiating controversies, including a replayed third down in the AFC Championship game. Roger Goodell expressed support for the league's officials and the quality of their execution. "Quote: I don't think it's ever been better in the league," Goodell said at his Super Bowl news conference. There are over forty-two thousand plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out and extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Of course there are. But it's not perfect, and officiating never will be. So that's buzzing right now here because people don't think uh, that's good enough. People don't think that's good enough. They want more because of the controversial call when Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow was whistled for intentional grounding on Cincinnati's final possession, a costly penalty that backed the Bengals up to their own 10-yard line with 127 remaining in the championship game. Former vice president of officiating for the NFL and current Fox Sports rules analyst Dean Blandino afterwards said it was the incorrect call because Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones hit Burrow as he threw the ball. So there are a lot of things that are getting pointed out now. And I thought in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, the officiating was terrible. I thought it was god-awful. And Roger Goodell got grilled for it today. So maybe we'll, Bobby, can play some of those sound bites tomorrow when I see the sound sheet. And they got to make the officials full-time. They have to make these officials full-time because if they don't make them full-time, they're never going to get great. 702-365-9200. So last night... LeBron James broke the all-time scoring record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This is how it sounded on Lakers radio.
0: Westbrook to James at the elbow. James turns. The crowd wants it. James free throw line. James Faye jumper. Good! NBA history in Los Angeles. LeBron James, a record that had stood for almost four decades, now belongs to the king. 38,389 points and climbing. And with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here in attendance to pass the baton, LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time scoring king.
1: That's ESPN Radio on the call. It was actually a good call. We played John Ireland's last night when it happened and Bill McDonald's call on television. So I thought all three of the calls that I've heard, I didn't hear that one, we're really good. When you're calling a call like that, you've got to be at your best. So LeBron breaks Kareem's record last night, and now he sets the standard going forward. Will someone come along and break that record? See, the problem with that record is it's very similar to Tom Brady. LeBron's not done yet. He plays constantly, and he's going to continue to add to those stats the way Tom Brady did on his way to winning his first Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, his seventh overall. So is there a young kid right now who's looking up to LeBron James? What's the NBA going to look like? 10 years from now, 25 years from now, all they do now is play no defense and shoot threes. So if you can continue to have a league that shoots this many threes and has that many makes, of course someone's going to have the opportunity to do it. The problem is you have to play the games that LeBron played. And and basketball is a very difficult sport athletically to play a long period of time because your knees. The wear and tear on your lower extremities and your knees, you just break down. So that record stood for more than 38 years. Do you know what the number was? Anybody? If I was giving away a trip to Cancun and I said, what was the all-time scoring record in the NBA, would you know? Didn't think so. 38,387. Pete Rose is the all-time hit king. I know that number. Uh, 4,256 is the number there. So that's a tremendous number overall. But this number, when LeBron stacks it somewhere down the road, it's going to be big. Wherever LeBron ends, it'll be, say it's, you know, it's weird. It could be 4256, right? It could be somewhere, It could be 42056 or something like that. I believe when LeBron ends up getting that number, that'll be a number we'll all remember. Because I personally believe that LeBron's going to be one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest. And after that, we'll be talking about him going forward forever. And people will remember that number at the end. Uh, Bobby, jump on the mic for a second quickly. I want to thank you for getting in early today and cutting up all the sound. And obviously, you worked the hockey game last night, so you've been burning the candle at both ends. How are you feeling on Radio Row?
2: I'm tired. I'm really damn tired. (laughs) But I'm going to see the Black Crows on Friday, so I'll get by.
1: Black Crows at the Palms? Yes, sir. So that's in Jewel Theater. That's a great theater to see them. You know know the story why I can't go see the Black Crows. Right, right. Yeah, so a quick story on that, I love the Black Rose. I mean not only liked them, I loved them. But they kicked my buddy out of the band. The founder the founding drummer Steve Gorman, who I worked with at Fox Sports Radio for a number of years, he founded the band with the Robinson brothers. So he wasn't a session drummer. He came up with the Black Rose. And they toured and they went around the world and they made millions of dollars. And then the band broke up. And when they were putting the band back together, they came back to Steve as the founding drummer. And they said, we don't want to pay you a rate which is part ownership in the band. We want to pay you per show. And he said, no, I'm the drummer of the Black Crows. I'm part of this band. Uh, A little bit of a legal fight. Steve Gorman wrote an amazing book. Hard to handle. It's a fantastic book. I recommend everybody read it. And I said I will never go see the Black Crows again because they did my friend dirty. But, Bobby, you can go see them because you didn't know Steve Gorman. And the music's fantastic. I think they're going to put on a hell of a show. I just can't do it.
2: It, It'll be a good show. It's basically the Robertson Brothers and Friends. It's like when Axl Rose did his thing with Guns N' Roses Slash and Duff. It's, It's okay if you like the music, but, you know, it's not like the 1990 version.
1: Yeah, I thought, uh, thought Axel was great, too, and I love Slash with Miles Kennedy, and I love Frankie Sidoris, who's listening to the show. He's the new lead guitar player for Wolfgang Van Halen. I go see the Golden Knights with him. Tomorrow, Brian Erlacher, Hall of Famer, our good friend Mike Golick, Tim Brown, the wide the wide receiver Tim Brown of the Raiders, and the Raiders are telling me hopefully some special guest, and Joe Montana's usually pretty good with me, so hopefully we'll get him tomorrow. Thanks to everybody. I really appreciate it. All our proud partners. We appreciate that you listen, everybody, from Radio Row. I am 1,000% going to get me a Modello in a matter of minutes. Then I'm heading out to the golf tournament with my son. And I'll be back on one more day tomorrow on Radio Row. Harry steps in for me on Friday. Q's on deck. He has a great show. I watched him all day. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio, everyone.